This is Tom Trebojevic, fullback for the Manly Ringer Seagulls, and you're listening to the Supercoach Champions Podcast. Hello and welcome to the 200th episode of the NRL Supercoach Champions podcast. I'm Joe Fitz. Well, the head-to-head season's over, half the NRL's been rested and all that's left is trying to squeeze out a few more overall spots. Well, of course, there's still the overall champ to be crowned, some sweet KFC tracksuits up for grabs, and do they still do hearings for the top 1,000? And here with me tonight is a man with two of those three things. It's Wilf. Which two of those be? I don't have a KFC keyring, unfortunately. <laughs> but but you've got you've got a keyring and you're the an ex overall champ, so you don't have that sweet tracksuit, mate. But also with us tonight is the only man in Supercoach history with all three of those things: the title, the keyring, and the tracksuit. It's the last week I can say it. It's the defending champ, Tim Moody. I think our guest last week who filled in for you, Joe Nadif, also has all those three things. He has a tracksuit frame. Oh, has the tracksuit been around for two years, has it? Yes, it's not the original. Yeah, it's been around for two years. Uh, Joe also has one, so shout out to our boy Joe. Apologies to Joe, Nat. If we seem to be ships in the night, two Bulldogs supporting Joes. Every time I'm not on the podcast, Joe ends up turning up. Uh, so, yeah, keeping that Bulldog spirit alive. So, sorry, Joe. Will the real Joe Shady please stand up? I'll weigh in here because I, I'll just have to say the reason I do it is because I don't want to have two Joes who are both supporting the Bulldogs on the podcast at the same time because that'd just be way too confusing for me. Two Joes, one cup. <laughs> And we're getting loose at the end of the season, listeners. The Holy Grail. The Holy Grail. The 2022 winner gets the Holy Grail. Yeah. What's the Holy Grail? What do you mean, what's the Holy Grail? It's the Holy Grail, bro. It's a $10,000 trophy with jewels. It's it's beautiful, bro. It's apparently worth $10,000. I've inspected it up close, and I might beg to differ, but... That's fine. It's fantastic, and I'm very jealous that I don't have it. So congratulations to the person who does receive that. Let's not jinx anybody, and good luck in the final round. Yeah, definitely a collector's item. I'm not sure what uh, you know the pawn shop down at the Eastern Creek Shops would give you for it. Maybe not ten grand, but um, yeah, definitely a keepsake to go along with. That'd be all interesting. The other cool stuff you get. <laughs> go find out what they what they'd give you for it. Or go into one of those gold places in the shopping center that give you money for gold. But this is worth ten grand. Yeah, good luck with that one. <laughs> yeah, four hundred's the best I can do. Speaking of the best I could do. 1112 which was pretty poor in a week you know that was that was a bit better than that uh so red arrow for me i'm down in uh, 6k tim the overall dream's dead mate 1216 though you're still lapping me in 456 mate there's every chance that um like I, I might have a pod that could score like maybe a thousand points this weekend like if everyone just takes it easy on that player and lets him just run amok I could still be crowned, so look, let's not write me off yet. All right, fair enough. Wilf, though, you're way out of it, mate. 11.64, 12.53. Okay, fair enough. You still got me by 600, I think. But uh, top 1,000, not out of the question. Look, I was, what, 25 points outside the top 1K last week, and I was just like, yep, this is my week. I'm going to finally get there. 
So now I'm 67 points outside the top 1K. Definitely, definitely doable, but yeah. I'll guarantee the fact that you mentioned pre pressing record that you have three spare players this round, I will guarantee that you will make the top 1,000. And if you don't, I will do anything. And this is like, you can't just like not play your players and be like, now do the thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> but if you play your game, which you will, because you want to finish top 1,000, I'll do anything if you don't. That's how that's how confident I am that you'll make top 1,000. If you've got if you've got a full side this week, you're getting green arrows. Yeah, well, look, we don't want to speak too soon because, yeah, right now I've got a heap of green lights still in my team that are outside my 17. But obviously there's, there's a lot that could happen. There's so much that can play out this week. So, yeah, we'll, we'll unpack that a little bit later. Look, it's been a pretty, pretty rough season for a lot of us. But there's a couple of champs who are having, you know, one hell of a season. So our $500 champs only bonus leader. So this is the final week where our champs, our our, our patrons can nab themselves a slice of that 500 bucks. And right now the house leader is Rod, the coach of Team Bozzer. He's been there for a couple of weeks now, leading the champs in 28th. Second, we've got uh, Ivan, aka he goes by Eddie initially. He's coach of uh, Norfolk and Chance in 45th. And then we've got Brendan, coach of Bunt for Red V, October in 48th. So three champs in the top 50, really not too shabby at all. Mm. I think these guys still have trades in hand, which is super impressive considering they're up that high with full teams and maybe one or two trades in hand, but we'll see. I don't want to give up too much away from them, but yeah, look, I wouldn't write off these guys from potentially sneaking into the top 20, top 10 even. Oh, yeah. Century, for sure. Onto the leagues, our champs, the, the top league for our champions is a – Head-to-head league coming sixth overall. That's a Champions 20 head-to-head one league. I don't know if that's going to stay there because obviously head-to-head's over. So hopefully these guys are still playing for overall. Of course they're going to finish the year off. Don't be silly. They're obsessed. Um, We all are. That's true. We we love it. That's it. And the Chumps only league in 18th. But look, Podmasters Cup, uh, Tim, you and I are in there. We're still trailing Dutch Oven as for top overall league. For this is obviously the 20-team leagues, you know, the, the real stuff. It's going to be tough, obviously, but I still think we could catch them. They're not too far ahead of us. I love that. Implying the 10 leagues aren't a real stuff. I love that. It's cheeky. I like it. I, <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> I know where you're going with it too, and I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Look, it, it's so much harder to get 20 teams up there performing well and, and you know, being at the top of the leaderboard there. There's always one enough. <laughs> the reality is, is like from the start, when we start, first started playing Supercoach, it's always been 20 team leagues. It's only the recent couple of years where they've introduced 10 team. And I mean, this year you've got anywhere from 6 to 14 to 18. You can customize the size of your league so easily. That's fun though. It is fun for sure. And for me, like that's why I always consider 20 team leagues as that's the gold standard. But look, enough of that. Well, let's jump over the news for this week. We still want to do a little bit of serious chat. <laughs> Although I don't know how serious this gets when the Prime Minister of Australia apparently wants to step in and help out the Rabbitohs by reducing the COVID isolation period. Yeah. What do you mean? Fill me in. What's going on here? What is this news? I think, I think it's a little bit more a Department of Health uh, advisory. Probably the South's uh, conspiracy theorists are out in the same way that the Sharkies' uh, conspiracy theorists were out when ScoMo was PM. But, um, yeah, a lot of chat around reducing the COVID ISO period to five days so Damien Cook can play. you kidding Look, me? It's, it's, it's just the fact that Damien Cook you know, enters the COVID protocol on a day where because he didn't there, he's going to miss the following week's game. Nah. And then it just so happens that, you know, well-known 
Rabideau's supporter, aka the Prime Minister of Australia, also happens to support them very strongly. And all of a sudden, the COVID protocols might drop to five days, therefore allowing Cook to play. And he knows every man and their dog votes for the bloody bunnies too. I voted for him too. I shouldn't really say that. Well, you meant to keep these things private. I just got, oh, I mean, I'm a Labour boy. I'm from Penrith. But geez, tell you what, that is dodgy as. I don't know what's more dodgy, giving yourself six other jobs other than the Prime Minister or letting bloody Damien Cook play for the bunnies for five days reduced isolation. That's ridiculous. It's funny, though, because Cook's out anyway. That's the, that's the good part. But, yeah, it's fun to speculate, isn't it? Mm, it is fun. Yeah, I think uh, a little bit busy running the country, uh, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, again, it's round 25, guys. So, you know, this is, the, uh, this is the week for that kind of stuff. Round 25 obviously brings with it, you know, a host of players that are moving on. One of them, Andrew Fafita, a super coach god uh, of old when that, that was actually, I think, People like Fafita, it was the first year that I got seriously into Supercoach when I realised that those crabbing runs for 30 metres sideways actually counted for seven tackle busts because he was just brushing people off that were happy to let him go. And I realised that, you know, there might be a bit more to just good players being automatically good for Supercoach. But he ended up being, you know, a really, really good player as well, didn't he, Wolf? I mean, you know, anyone who watched him in his prime, especially in 2016, obviously he was instrumental to get in the Sharkies, their first premiership. Oh, for Foyda! For Foyda! <laughs> yeah, look, he, he obviously, you know, we, we love him for Supercoach. He's a bit of a character off the field as well. Sometimes not for the right reasons, I guess you could say. But at the same time, it was just really funny when I think over the years we found out that Fafita actually does play Supercoach himself. So, you know, in junk time, Fafita time, he's there, he's busting tackles, he's doing the crabbing runs and throwing offloads for no reason just so he can rack up an extra 10, 15 points in the last two minutes of the game. Do you reckon Fafita listens to the Champs podcast if he does, hello, Fafita? Somehow I don't think he does. Look, it'd be nice if he did, but... <laughs> I know that David Fafita doesn't because he probably would have belted me by now. <laughs> so, yeah. We can say that Nas and Jared were hard. I can't say either of their names. I should just abbreviate them both. JWH and Nas. They definitely don't because we called them out about three weeks ago saying we'd both bash, like we'd ba- me and you, Joe, would bash them and nothing's happened yet. So I think we're sweet. Well, maybe they do listen, mate, and they know what's good for them. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Speaking of end of year shenanigans, the Storm social media team really just went on a bender uh, with their five extensions across their five different platforms. Wealth, not a bloody monster among them. Not at all. And look, it's, it's so funny that it's actually caused you know, the likes of Paul Kent and those other dinosaurs on NRL360 to get actually angry about how the Storm social media team ran this. But I mean, I thought it was genius. Like, what are you talking about now? I'm, get, get, fill me in. I'm, I'm, I'm out of the program again. So last week, the Storm, you know, on their social media started hyping up. You've got five re-signing or five signings. Oh, yeah. Now they're sort of smaller players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, George Jennings, Jed Nickarima, Dean Eremea, Grant Anderson, and Marion Seve. You announce them normally. It's like a two-line release. No one gives a crap. But the way they did it, you know, across the various social media platforms, they got everyone talking. Is it Munster? Is it Munster? But do you know what I think it's doing? It's letting the Dolphins know that they've got Munster money. <laughs> I don't know about that, but just it's just funny because obviously they, dr- they drummed up so much interest. They got so many people talking. 
honestly well played social media team I, I thought it was really funny and good to obviously see the backlash and the meltdowns from they wouldn't think it's funny like, it's no inside joke on them like like they're their players they take them seriously i think only you are seeing the joke here will as always the lesson is don't read buzz rothfield don't watch paul kent don't listen to james hooper uh support you know real rugby league writers and real rugby league journalists because it's just uh it's outrage porn and, you know, what What a shock that, you know, they would get up in arms about this and try and flame the flames of controversy. I think uh, let's just put them out to pasture along with the end of the season as far as I'm concerned. No objections from me. Now, a bit of signing news, obviously. You know, at this stage of the season, it's pretty quiet. But look, the Dolphins are still accumulating players. Truth be told, I didn't know who this was, but Jeremiah Simbican. Apparently, he's born in Papua New Guinea, which is pretty cool. Plays with the Red Cliff Dolphins and now will be signed to the actual Dolphins. So three-year deal with them. He's a back rower, seems to have a bit of a nose for the try line. So he's going to be on the development contract next year, but he's basically scored 13 tries in 14 games and basically eight tries in the last four games in reserve grades. So obviously earned himself a solid deal there. Just a name to obviously keep an eye on. He might even be as good as Brendan Piakura for Supercoach next year. Um, guys, I've I got to call it when the fourth hottest piece of news is a guy that three absolute rugby league degenerates have never heard of. It's time to move on to the key ins and outs uh, with suspensions, Wilf. All right. So working through the games from last week, Broncos and Eels, obviously uh, my super pot, Adam Reynolds, managed to get himself knocked out in 10 minutes. So yeah, a slight contribution to my lower score last week. I basically played. Uh, you make your own bed when you purchase Adam Reynolds, Wilfred C. Mate, he scored me 100 points in one game and I sat him for the next. Then he scored me. Okay, that's smart pokies. I like that smart pokies. Yeah, so knocked out. Uh, he's got to go through the protocols. He is named to play this week. So fingers crossed for me because he's likely a valued member of my 17 if he suits up. Renko Lee's done his hammy, so he's going to miss this week. I think it's really funny. On NRL.com, I was looking at their casualty ward, and this is why NRL Physio's casualty ward is just the best in NRL media anywhere. But they've got the Broncos listed as Renko Lee hamstring, and it says finals listed on the end of it. Oh, wow. They project when people are going to be back. So, you know, Adam Reynolds around 25. They've got Renko Lee finals, Kobe Hetherington finals, and I'm sitting there going, why do this to me? Yes. That's, uh, I, I'm loving that. You know, you can't hear this listener or see this, but I have the biggest grin on my face that the Broncos are getting tossed out of the finals. <sighs> Broncos were my second team. I've always liked them because of, like, the 90s Broncos side. When I grew up, I used to love watching the Panthers, but they weren't killing it that much. Um, and Broncos were red hot, so I used to admire them as a kid, ran off and all that. But my second team next year is going to have to be the Dogs, just so you know, Joe, just for Vili Army. I'm getting around him. And I decided, why can't I just be a Viliami supporter? I just support Viliami and the Panthers. So I don't necessarily need to support the, uh, the Bulldogs, but I can support Viliami. Mate, we'll welcome anyone to the bandwagon. Going to score a lot of points next year. Thank you. Jumping back to the injuries. So Kobe Hetherington also got knocked out. He's going through the protocols, but he's already not considered available for this week. Tom Flegler, it was pretty concerning on the night. He got copped a, a stray elbow from Campbell Gillard in the throat, basically came straight off the field, went straight to hospital, uh, thankfully cleared of any damage. It seems like he's going to be okay to play, but pretty scary at the time. Uh, moving over to the Panthers and Warriors, and look, in terms of actual injury concerns, um, Appy Corosau rolled his ankle, Spencer Lenio hurt his shoulder. They're not playing this week, along with half, I mean, not half, like the entire starting 13. Uh, and then for, for the Warriors, Sean Johnson hurt his calf, uh, which I don't know, he, he's technically still there next year, right? So... That's the end of this year for Johnson, but... Well, no, he's been named. Has he? Yeah. 
Okay, fair enough. We'll have to see if he actually plays. <laughs> yeah, unlikely with that kind of injury, but for some reason he has been named. So. Were you alluding to the fact that you think he might not have another year in him, Wilf, just there? I mean, he hasn't been great, that great this year, right? He had, a, he had a great try a couple of weeks ago, but aside from that, he's largely been absent for many, many games with the Warriors. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they probably need him still, but there's, they've, they've signed some promising youngsters and there's opportunity if there to... If it, if it is the end uh, for SJ, absolutely as good as any player ever in the history of the game on his day. Just just so amazing to watch, you know. So um, always been a favourite of mine. I always tried to find a way to get him into my super coach side. But, yeah, I think his best is a, a good couple of years behind him. Definitely. The Storm and the Roosters, they lost a couple of players. Here. Victor Radley, obviously, was quite distressing on the night, copying that hit. And then, you know, we saw... The convulsions. Yeah, it wasn't the prettiest sight. Thankfully, despite how bad it looked, it seems like he's just got to go through the protocols hasn't had any uh, subsequent symptoms or anything like that. So at this stage, he's not going to play. He shouldn't. You know, Victor the Inflictor hurts himself as much as he hurts other people. He won't play. He's got the worst tackling technique in the comp as far as I'm concerned. He's the toughest. Like we had this discussion in the chat. I reckon he's tough as, man. The fact that he's prepared to grab Nas by the neck and just reach that arm, like he had a straight arm to reach him. And not even that, he just, he will put his body on the line against anyone. And after watching that, um, I don't know if you guys seen that interview with um, Jake Duke that he did with him just recently for Fox. He's a really down-to-earth guy, hard worker. I love his ethics. Oh, I love that bloke. Victor Bradley's probably one of my favourite footy players now. All of those attributes, Tim, are fantastic if you're a jackass cast member. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily make you very good at NRL, and I just think... No, what are you saying? He'll smash you, bro. He's heaps good at NRL, and he'll smash you. Yeah, uh, but he just... I think his tackling technique, is, I, I think he's quite an overrated player, oh, and he's a guy with long-term so. health issues. He was, he was actually taught tackling techniques by Adrian Lamb, which he often refers to, and although Adrian Lamb might not be the greatest defender in rugby league, he was a half, but, um, mate, he's... I think you're giving him a rough time. I think he's a gun gun. I know there's better, there is some other uh, locks that are, you know, maybe like Yo and that that stand out above him, but he's he's right up there. Obviously, Cam Murray as well, but he's up there. I think he's very instrumental to the way the Roosters attack when they attack their best. Just he plays that role perfectly for them. So I think it, the, the Roosters will miss him this week, but obviously they'll probably have him soon for the rest of the final series, which is good. Daniel Tupo is missing this week from from my supercoach team and also from the Roosters. Uh, obviously, a groin injury didn't look great. Thankfully, I sat him and I was regretting that when he first crossed for that try, but then I was like, oh, dodged a bullet here because he got injured. Tom Eisenhuth has a grade three syndesmosis injury, uh, so he's apparently gone for the season, which is pretty significant. Even if the Storm were to get through the whole final series, it seems like Tom Eisenhuth will not play a part in that. For the Raiders and Seagulls, Nick Kotrick was a pre-game withdrawal due to a groin injury. He's been named this week, so expected to be back. Otherwise, no other major injuries. Uh, Sharks and Bulldogs, we had Del Finucane withdraw pre-game due to his rib concern. Seems like he, the extra week off uh, helped him, so he should be back, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, that's probably just for the final series, if anything. Rabbitohs and Cowboys, as we've discussed, Damien Cook out due to COVID. And this is a weird one because Campbell Graham uh, apparently is just not named and there's no injuries that I can find. There's nothing. He's just came back, played a game and he's off again. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see what that's about. Otherwise, the Ferrari's in the garage again. Uh, actually, he's gone for a bit of a road trip all the way up to Tyree. 
but apparently he's expected to play on Friday. But there was a bit of speculation, you know, multiple journalists putting out different things, you know, may not be back from Tyree for the game and then others. Get out of it. He just does what he wants. The coach is like, you go do what you want, Latrell, you know what I mean? And good luck to him. He needs a rest. It's like some of those big-time players back in the day. I think Alfie used to sometimes not turn up to training. I could be just shouting out a random name, but if you're a big-time player. Yeah, a lot of times it gets to this. A lot, of, a lot of times it gets to the 60th minute of the game and Latrell needs a rest. Uh, so, you know, he has a rest the last 20 minutes. Yeah, he, he puts in a good shift doing all that work. Oh, look, he's very integral to the to Rabbitohs and we've got some numbers on that later. Yeah. No, no major concerns from the Tigers and Dragons from the actual game. And for the Titans and Knights, so, I mean, Anthony Milford left the field with some sort of injury. I don't even know what it was. But, uh, look, David Feeder left the field very frustratingly after about 46 minutes or so. Mm. Is on track, for, you know, it scored, scored his customary try, is on track for a decent score, and then just disappeared for the. Well, he did dislocate his finger, but he played on with that dislocated finger. And I've heard people say, oh, yeah, I think because I saw in chats, like, oh, what happened to Payne Haas? And people were like, oh, well, he dislocated his finger. But he played on for ages with that dislocated finger. He didn't seem to be hampered by it when he came off. I think they just brought that Khaleesi Haas on just as an opportunity. They thought, oh, we'll just spell Davey, no biggie. Nothing's on the line. Yeah, I've had a badly dislocated finger. And I mean, okay, I never played NRL, but there's no way I'm playing on uh, once it cools down. You're a pussy, man. Well, <laughs> I'm just well, kidding. Sorry, Bray. Sorry. I'm, I'm still, I'm still waiting for our big Nelson and Jared to to front up. So. Yeah, I guess I'll probably need you back when that happens. Hey, I won't be calling <laughs> you pussy then. Otherwise, look, he's been named this week, but we'll have to wait and see. Because if there are any concerns for that dislocation, you know, if there's no fractures or anything like that. Obviously, Titans are nothing to play for, and he's their marquee guy. Don't want to risk uh, 1.2 million or whatever, you know, on a, a meaningless game. So yes, all right. Well, I'll take over on the suspensions for you, Maker Power from the Tigers, Grade Two, careless high tackle, early guilty plea, cops a match. Just going through the actual suspensions, not the PVL fines. Brian Kelly, Grade Three, dangerous throw, so he misses four. Cohen Hess again, ridiculous, but he misses a match uh, with a Grade Two. Lindsay Collins, four matches for the hip drop. Uh, Radley, uh, Radley fine. And, yeah, I think that's it. And Regan Campbell-Gillard's at the panel. Yeah, he's fighting a $1,500 fine, trying to get it reduced to 1000 So must be <laughs> must be a bit tight Do you there. want to tell <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that's about. But, anyway, let's move on. All right, for our next segment, Crunching the Numbers is, of course, sponsored by Car McGrath Accounting. If you want to make sure you're not fudging your numbers when it comes to your taxes, make sure you get Carl to help you out. You flagged that Latrell Mitchell was going to be the star of this segment, Will, so take it away. Yeah, look, I just thought it was really worth looking into this because not so much for this week and this season, it's really for next year. Uh, we've got some decisions to make at fullback because, again, you know, we'll have Tommy Turbo back. Ryan Pappenhausen will be back. Latrell Mitchell will be back. Tedesco's always around. There's going to be some choices to make, basically. Can I chime in with a gut call early? I don't think Latrell will be relevant to start the year next year. There's a lot of hype around him this year and now. I think there'll be a little bit of a, not a fall off, but like it won't be as intense as right now. That could be it. Like I said, this is why I wanted to dig into the numbers and see what the numbers said. Uh, obviously, to match you know what we've seen on the field itself. So 
What I wanted to focus on is not what he did pre-injury and at the start of this season and, you know, while the Rabbitohs were settling in and all that, really focusing on the, you know, after he went to the US and obviously revamped his training and conditioning and all that type of stuff. Because I think it's safe to say he's been a totally different player. Hardcore, yeah. So around 16 till now. So that's nine games. He's averaged 103 since he's been back. Across nine games, which is just ridiculous. And he's not even in everything, you know what I mean? So the things he's doing are just intense. Like, he's just at another level, and his confidence level is, like, seeping out of his skin. Like, I watch him in videos and stuff, and he is just so confident. And I think that's really important for his footy, too. Absolutely. And so nine games, he scored six tries. He's got 17 try assists. That's almost two per game. He's got one try contribution because I guess they usually count him as the main guy. He's got eight line breaks, and this just blew my mind. He's got 28 line break assists in nine That's games. That's crazy. Yeah. In how many games? Nine games. That's over three a game. So that is like – The majority going to AJ. Probably, yeah, pretty much. AJ and, and Cody Walker, I'd say. <laughs> a lot of those line breaks for them. He's also averaged 16.2 points per game in goal kicking, which is uh, quite a high number. And, you know, his, his base and base attack numbers are, are very solid compared to where they usually usually have been for Latrell Mitchell, basically, because, you know, he's had a lot of, let's just say he's had a lot of criticism in his past for his lack of involvement. I don't know. Joe, you got any thoughts on that one? Well, no, that was all extraordinarily valid criticism when, you know, he was talked up as a superstar of the game and he was averaging six runs uh, per 80 minutes. He admittedly, he has really stepped it up this year. So I don't, I don't know that the conditioning's necessarily much better. A bloke that young as an elite sportsman probably shouldn't be rocking a muffin top. But, you know, he has picked up his game and it, we're seeing it, you know, the results in the in the work rate and the super coach points. To be fair, I know he's an athlete, but maybe it's just in his genes that he is a bigger fella. Like his brother's a big boy. You know what I mean? And You think it's a, a gland thing? I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but... <laughs> Maybe he has to work very hard to stay in the prep shape that he is. I don't know. That's not to be too hard on the bike. No, no, no body shaming going on here. That's like, right. He's, he is an elite athlete. Oh, we're grading on a scale here of elite athletes, not that's right. Me sitting, you know, with my gut hanging over uh, in the chair. That's it. But look, the fact is, he, he's come back. His work rate, everything, basically, is just at a whole new level compared to where he was. Now, I think it's safe to say these numbers are not sustainable, right? <laughs> Would we agree on that one? Yeah. I I think to carry it on into the next year consistently at 103 average would be full on, but I wouldn't rule it out of him. Like if he's just made this – like if his mental game's changed, so he's just like, I'm just doing it now. I'm I'm sucking every last little bit out of this NRL career I've got and I'm not going to take a a backseat in any moment. Maybe maybe it can – like he's got it, man. You know what I mean? Why not? He's getting paid the big dollars, so you'd expect it. So, yeah, I, I think it could continue. I just think that I'd probably lean towards maybe a Teddy Turbo or some other sort of combo to start, say, for next year. Well, you mentioned the name Turbo, and I, I thought maybe let's put some context around this in terms of his numbers compared to what Turbo did last year because, again, obviously he was other otherworldly last year, right? So, again, 15 games from Turbo last year, scored 25 tries, set up 30 tries so try assist wise, Latrell twenty twenty two, you know, post round sixteen and, and Turbo last year, very, very comparable there. Uh two try contributions for Turbo, twenty nine line breaks in fifteen games. So that's yeah, almost two a game, and forty four line break assists. Tommy had a big average without kicking too, so it's just crazy. 
well, that's it. And so the, I guess the key thing is that like Turbo scores a lot more tries. He has a lot more line breaks as a result based on 2021 anyway. Try assists, try contributions, line break assists, they're on par, basically. They're operating at the same rate. And then Latrell's got this extra 16-point buffer, which Tommy pretty much maxes, matches based on his base and base attack in terms of his higher work rate. Extra involvement, yeah. Yeah, so I guess that's where I wanted to compare that. And I think it's safe to say when Tommy came back in 2022, he didn't live up to those expectations. So do we think that there's a high chance that Latrell 2023 like you said, Tim, like maybe he's just not the guy to go for. Well, two two years running now. In the preseason, I've always had the mantra when looking at your team, looking at someone who's coming off a career year, you ask yourself what has to go right for that player to repeat those numbers. And, you know, we saw it, as Wilf just said, with Tommy Turbo. I think we'll be saying the same thing about Latrell next year. Everything's going right. Latrell and that's just to be of the value that he is much less exceeding it so two years ago I was on you know turbo rather than Teddy this year I was on Teddy rather than turbo because again all of these players are similarly talented on their day they've got a similar super coach output and you just go on value you know when James Tedesco is literally half a million dollars cheaper than Trebojevic at the start of the year. Guess what? You get on Tedesco. You know, next year I'm imagining Tommy Turbo is going to be many hundreds of thousands cheaper than Latrell. Should he be like five or six hundred K? Yeah. I don't I haven't looked at him in a while. He'll be a lot cheaper than Latrell. So guess what you're doing, guys? You're going with Tommy Turbo. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I couldn't have said that any better, definitely. It comes down to value at the start of the season. I guess the question, if let's take the, the cost of them out of the equation. I'd take Turbo anyway, fresh back from a new season. He's been hungry to get back into it. I'd take him 100% any day of the week. If I'd pay more for Turbo. And I love Luttrell. I love him. Yeah, I was going to say, if you come to like a draft competition, when you're drafting, you don't have to worry about that price tag, right? Like, I think that question then becomes a little bit more pertinent. You know, if you don't have to worry about how much they cost at the start of the season, you draft one of these guys for the rest of the year. I don't know. I, I think there's a question to say maybe Latrell it's still a very I could see people picking Latrell over Turbo if that happened because Oh plenty of people would because they just follow last year's scores and go, Oh, he's got average this much and this guy average this much and wouldn't really look into why or you know, especially a lot of new players. Yeah, I think we when it comes to draft, if if you're one of one or both of your first two round, uh, yeah, picks in your first two rounds get injured, your season's over. So I always tend to yes, go for superstars, but you know that cliche, the best of, uh, abilities availability. Even though Latrell's a bit of a suspension risk, he, he has proven that he's on the field a lot more than Trebojevic as well. So again, if it's if it's just a, a work draft comp and there's not sheep stations at hand, pick who you want. But if there's real money involved, and we are seeing now that they're investing a little bit more money into draft and you know increasing the flexibility and options, that it is actually a more viable format than ever. If there's real money in it, well, can you win money off draft? Or if you join a draft league and everyone puts yeah. in, oh, okay, I thought that was an overall draft. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Continue. I was like, that doesn't make sense. Yep, yeah. And then you've got a better on the side of caution, I think, with some of that stuff. Obviously, there's a value where Trebojevic's ceiling's too high, um, and you got to take him. But again, when we're talking about similar output of Teddy's, of Latrell's, of Ryan Pappenhausen, as well as a big injury risk, I think we've established from now. Latrell and Teddy are the ones that stay on the field, Martin. 
Yeah, which is weird, right? Because Luttrell did miss a large chunk of this year as well when you think about it. But And Teddy's career with the ACLs and the various injuries at the start of his, you know, when he was a young bloke, it, it might look like he was in, injury cursed as well. So good to see him turn it around. Absolutely. But yeah, look, I just thought it'd be good to dive into it. Like I said, not so much relevant for the rest of this season, obviously, with one round to go, but planning never, never stops. <laughs> Prepping for next year never, never rests. It does. So all you regular listeners know what Carl does and how he can help you out with any accounting work. If you haven't had your tax done yet, then make sure you give him a call. Uh, Carl wants to thank all listeners who've had their tax return done with him this year, and there's been plenty of you. So thanks, champs, for your support. And an extra special thank you to all returning clients from previous years. He and we really appreciate the support. No worries. Apparently, Carl's sending us to Hawaii or something to thank us, isn't he? No, it'd be nice. That's been nice. Thanks, Carl. Cheers, <laughs> Sorry, Carl. Just, just putting you on the spot there. <laughs> all right. Let's talk a little bit of strategy. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. So restings, 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 that's the buzzword. Look, obviously, we'll come out and say the Penrith Panthers have messed up with our super coach teams, right? Everyone who did well this week, who had the likes of Taylor Mayne, Brian To'o, William Kikau, even, you know, Isaac Tongo, that's the only Panther I had, which, again, coincides with my low score this week. But, yeah, all these guys aren't playing football this week, or not, not for the Panthers anyway. So we wanted to do a bit of a dive into what are the various other ladder scenarios for, for the NRL that's going to result in potentially more people getting rested. So this involves looking into, obviously, the team list and also the order in which games are played and also what's at stake. So first and foremost, obviously the Panthers, they've already presented the, the minor premiership for them. So that's all done there, uh, hence why the, their players are all being rested. I think it's pretty interesting because last year, your Panthers, they played the full-strength team. Yeah, I'm shocked by it. I think all year, or even like probably halfway into the year, I've been saying, oh, Penrith won't waste their players. They didn't do it last year. You know, they wanted to keep momentum going into the finals. Um, yeah, but look. It does make sense, though. You know what I mean. Like, although it worked for us last year, let's just there's not there's nothing at stake. You know what I mean. And how how much more momentum can we have without Cleary actually there anyway? You just rest all the boys, get them back week after. We'll be sweet, man. They know what they're doing. They're training with each other all year. They'll be sweet. My boss at work reckons they're going to be no good because of it. I told him, you watch the finals, brother. But it's going to yeah. be the oh, it's going to be the Roosters and the Panthers. It's going to be tough to beat the Roosters. I'll say that. That's bold, bold grand final prediction there. Look, obviously, second on the ladder currently is the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. Their best case scenario, they finish second. The worst case is if they finish third. Now, the Sharks played the second last game of the round against the struggling Knights, but the Knights are at home, and if I'm not mistaken, it's Old Boys Day. So you'd hope the Knights turn up for that and play with a little bit more pride than what they may have. Joe's shaking his head, and I tend to agree. So, yeah, don't count on your Knights turning up. Yeah, it's Adam O'Brien Memorial game. <laughs> Fair enough. So the interesting thing is, is because the game before them, and it's the Saturday night game, the Cowboys against the, I guess, the reserve grade Panthers team is going to determine whether or not the Sharks need to show up and play to, to finish second, basically. And you kind of wonder, what are they playing for? They're going to be second or third, respectively, right? But if the Sharks win, I believe they get to play a home final at points bet. So that makes the Cowboys come down to Sydney, which I think it's safe to say they haven't done too much this year. I definitely think the Sharks will play for something there. So to me, that means the Cowboys most likely are going to roll out their starters. They're going to try win and win convincingly. And then I think the Sharks are going to play, you know, so 
For me, I've got Nico Hines penciled in as my captain again. I know it wasn't great, but the Sharks will have something to play for. That's where I see it. Yeah, the points differential won't come into it because the uh, the Cowboys are so well ahead. So the Sharks really only need to win by a couple of points. You know, any win is good enough to secure a second. But I think it's more interesting from a Cowboys perspective because they'll want to, I think, make a statement. And yes, it's the Panthers' reserve grade side, but it really is a statement of intent to maybe put some pressure on the Sharks. So... Yeah, play Cowboys. Yeah, I think so too. But I guess going back to the Sharks, I think they're still going to win. They want to win convincingly because I think it's safe to say while they won last week, a lot of people were disappointed in what they put on the field, right? They didn't look great. Well, the Nico captain is like myself. Although we might be disappointed, maybe the coach is exactly happy with the performance. Maybe he said, yeah, you kept them to zero. Been seen, you can put points on. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Play on. They might be very happy with their performance. Who knows? what their goals were, what their game plan was, yeah. Yeah, fair call. Look, for the Cowboys, currently on third, their best-case scenario finishing, if they win and the Sharks lose, they'll finish second. Worst case, if they lose somehow against the reserve-grade Panthers, they will finish fifth, and that obviously depends on a couple of other results coming through. The results including, obviously, the winner of the Rabbitohs and Roosters game and also the winner of the Eels and Storm game, which are both early in the round, so... Again, I don't think we're going to see any concern. Like you said, Joe, they're going to want to finish second, so they're going to play their players. So, yeah, I think there's no concern for the Cowboys there. Currently in fourth is the Storm. So they best case scenario, they finish third. Worst case scenario, they drop all the way to sixth, depending on who wins, obviously. So I think the Storm are going to want to play the Eels and, and beat the Eels because, I'm not mistaken, you know, the Eels have... They've seemed to have a bit of they've had the wood on the storm lately in recent years. I'm pretty confident the storm will win this game, even though I think the Parramatta side are a stronger side, just on paper and I just the feel of it. I just feel like Para should have them. Just I don't know, is it the Pappy factor, the meanie factor? They just don't seem as strong the storm. But the fact that the storm lost last week, the storm know finals footy better than anybody else, and they know the importance of finishing top four and getting a Second crack at the... Well, you can't win if you're not in the top four, is what the statistics say. So, yeah. Yeah, so I think definitely Storm want to beat Eels and, like, again, they want to make sure they do it convincingly to lock in that spot. I guess the, the only question is, like, there might be... Uh, it, it might actually be good to not have to play the Panthers week one of the finals. I don't know. I disagree. Anyone who's throwing that out, someone else threw that out to me. I was like, no, you want another... Like, if you can beat that team, the best team, and then have a week off, that's ideal. Who cares if you get beat? Then you're going to have to play again and play... You want to do that. Yeah, that's the best thing. If you're going to play the Panthers at some point, you want to get them on a day where Nathan Cleary hasn't played for a month and a half. Fair call. And you also want to, you know, if you're going to lose to them, you want to lose when you get a second chance too. So not a bad shot. And the Panthers still have a second chance. So they're not playing like this is the be all and end all of everything. So yeah, I think it's ideal. I don't know though. Eels, Eels finished fourth though. Like they are the Panther killers this season, right? <laughs> Panthers haven't beat them this year. Yeah. And I'm very nervous about playing either Melbourne or Para first round, which is going to be Panthers' destiny anyway. So, And, of course, we're talking about games with finals consequences, so no need to talk about the Broncos, Wolf. <laughs> Look, the Eels currently in fifth. <laughs> Their best finish is third. Worst case, like the Storm in sixth. So I guess it just comes down to do they beat Melbourne? If they do, they'll finish fourth. Again, if yeah, other teams lose and the points differential comes into play, they might finish third. But yeah, most likely, Eels would finish fourth to beat the Storm. And then... Yeah, as long as the Cowboys don't lose the reserve grade Panthers, there's a real concern there. <laughs> Obviously, if they lose to the Storm, and then depending on who beats who and what the points differential is, they'll drop. But in the first game of the round, you're going to play all your Eels, I reckon. Uh, no, no concerns there. 
the Roosters are really interesting. Best case scenario, if all the results fall in their, in their favor, they will finish fourth. Worst case scenario, they drop out of the eight altogether. Uh, all the way down to ninth, obviously, that requires a perfect storm of results for that to occur, including I would suspect the, the Raiders would need to, to lose to the Tigers, the Broncos need to beat the Dragons, the Roosters need to, lead to the, lose to the Rabbitohs, and yeah, I don't see it happening, honestly. No, I don't at all. Pro- probably, you know, in that perfect storm scenario, you know, the I, I think the, pro- the the real risk is is going to be probably with the Raiders and and by Raiders I mean Tarpanay, you know, final game of the week. If the Broncos lose, then uh, how hard do they need to play? So Tarpanay might be, mm. you know, someone that's not in your fringe seventeen, depending on how many Panthers you have. Especially with that lingering um, rib, I'm sure that's not completely gone away still either. Yeah, that's certainly a big concern there. And obviously, like you pointed out, uh, very dependent on whether the Broncos win against the Dragons, which is, you know, Saturday, 5.30 p.m. So fingers crossed if that does happen, uh, like it's not going to be part of the 19-man cut, but hopefully some news drops or whatever that they'd make that decision on Saturday night. But we may not know, unfortunately. There's, yeah, I think with Tarpanay, you want to make sure he's a reserve. And I mean... If you've got any other, if you happen to have Pole, you could swap, swap the reserve to him. But outside of that, it's slim pickings for options there. In terms of the other ramifications, obviously the Rabbitohs, you know, if they, they're currently in seventh, they win, they go all the way up to fourth potentially, depending on other results. Worst case, like the Roosters, drop out of the eight altogether. But again, you know, Broncos winning, Tigers winning seems pretty unlikely. And lastly, Raiders, again, if they win the points differential for the Broncos, they would need to win significantly, like by plus 40. And then the Raiders would still need to, you know, they, if they can't just sneak home by a point, if that was the case, they would still need to win by a little bit more. But honestly, like as a Broncos fan, I'm feeling pretty deflated. I don't even think we're going to beat the Dragons despite, you know, a month ago I would have said, yeah, we'll be fine. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> well, you were looking more to top four than you were top eight, right? Yeah, well, let's, yeah, that that hurts. Bloody Kevy just dropped the ball big time. And, you know, it just shows how much of an absolute superstar of the game Patrick Carrigan is because uh, look at what's happened since the Broncos have left. But um, I guess more interesting to me is, you know, that final week often is, you know, there's probably a little bit less to play for now that the head-to-head finals are gone and it's the week to take real flyers on your VC or C options. For me, the highest intensity game is most likely to be the first cab off the rank with the Eel Storm game. So, you know, your Munsters or Grants or, or Dylan Brown. A big stay away. There. It's a stay away for you, too? Yeah, I'd stay away from vice-captains in this one. I think it'll be a very, 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 as much as some of the last few weeks have been, this will be a very finals game for these two sort of sides. It'll be, um, you know, I can't imagine there being over 40 points in the game, probably potentially closer to under 30. And yeah, I'd be looking elsewhere. I, I don't know. Like it's it's awkward. Maybe there's nothing really standing out. Like even the, like I'll scroll past the next game, the Manly and the Dogs game, and then you go to the Roosters and the Bunnies. That's going to be just as finalsy, if not more, than the Para and Storm game. So maybe the first vice-captain option is the Titans game in a David Fafita, if he does play. I'd be looking late for vice captain. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're subscribing to the theory that because these teams have so much to play for, and they're obviously very good defensively. Yeah. Defensively, you know, they they know how to play finals footy basically. So they're going to turn up and they're going to treat this like a final, and it's going to be tight. 
low points scored. And for that reason, you're saying stay away from all those options. Yeah, I mean, there'll probably be one or two players in the Peril or Storm game that actually have a blinder, like even um, Jerome Hughes last week in a losing side uh, managed to turn up. You know, you'll probably get one of them, but trying to nail it, like when you've Oh, I just feel like it'd be a lot harder. I'd be looking elsewhere where it's an easier, where easier points can come up. Yeah, it's interesting that you raised that because I was going to point to last week's, you know, Storm versus Roosters game as one of the games where I thought, you know, very, very finals like in intensity and Hughes tunned up. You've got Joey Miney scoring 85. But to your point, you know, Munster drops it. They're not vice captainable though. Either none of them, you're not looping them. Exactly. And I think that's a really good point. And then, you know, Munster drops a 26. So Teddy only manages 59. You know, Angus Crichton obviously shunted onto the centres at some point and, and only scored 43. So yep. I, I see where you're coming from there, um, going for that ball score. For people that do not have a full side, they're going to get a free crack at the vice-captain loophole. So normally I'd say if you're that confident, like last week it seemed like now in hindsight, you're probably just better to captain one of those Panthers players in the early game, whether you were on To'o, whether you're on May, whether you're on Kick-Out, like a lot of people, they all did the job. And if you captain them, you're happy. But this week, because you get a free crack at it, I'd just be avoiding it. And here I was thinking you were doing a Nico Hines pun, but anyway. Oh, okay. Where? Why? <laughs> Fill me in. Because you mentioned Hein Hines' site. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, look, I'm not the best at English. English is probably is my first language, but I don't speak it very well. Only a dad sees that angle to play, Wilf. That's fair. That's fair. You and I are on the same page, on the same yeah. wavelength. That's right. I have a cat. <laughs> <laughs> you are a cat. Okay, so we've done the VCs, guys. Tim's all over the shop. Wilf and I are a little bit more conventional. What about the uh, the golden armband for the week, Wilf? Are you going to play it straight up or are you going to get a bit frisky? Well, like I said before, I mean, I'm happy to roll with Nico Hines again. You know, he disappointed us on his way to 66. But look, it's the best matchup this week, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Or let me throw something out there. It's a little bit cheeky and I don't like to um, disrespect the Penrith Juniors or whatever, but they are playing the team that's currently in third place. Uh, it's going to be very hard for the Junior Panthers to you know match these guys. You could probably look for a drink water or homes as well. It seems really ballsy to me, but look, it makes sense. I don't know if I'm that confident in the Cowboys. Have a look at the Penrith lineup. I know Penrith have a great like culture, and that you know they've got great systems. Next man up, but yeah, it's I, I I think that surely surely the Cowboys should be able to put a job on us yeah look you're right i think they are very short priced favorites as well just similar to not not quite as short as the sharks i believe but yeah definitely a valid point there i don't even know who else you'd really consider it is a tough tough kind of um week just because of those question marks i got a feeling heinz would be very 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 highly captained so that is true i mean but to tim's point you know the panthers aren't just missing a lot of their players it looks like jermaine hopgood's missing a vowel in his name was it yeah very odd spelling of Jermaine. Oh, I was going to say, it's adding a vowel, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. See, I told you I'm not good at English. Mitch, Mitch Kenny's their captain this week, and I think that says all you need to know about that team. So, yeah, look, I think it's a definite, uh, it's a difficult week. And that's why I'm thinking, like, it's not that bad to take a punt on a VC on someone who might get you a very solid 80-plus score. Because if you are going to end up running short, right, and you can, you know, most of us have at least one Panther in our lineup, very easy to throw them in later. And if you've only got 17 players this week, you're getting a free loop. All right. I've got the name for you, Wilf. <laughs> okay. The only VC there is, I think, possibly in that first game, Power Storm, for the good uh, Supercoach champion listeners, 
is Cam Munster to step up. He'll be playing fullback again. Obviously, he's named at 5'8", but been doing that. I think Cam just doesn't like the one on his back because um, everyone knows what's going on. Is this, the, is this the guy that, like, five minutes ago, you just cut me off and poo-pooed any idea of that when I brought him up as, as a good VC option? Is that the same Cam Munster? I'm just trying yeah, to complain. Is this kind of like when I oh, – hold on. I had an idea in the chat before, and then you stole my idea and thought it was a really good idea that it was your idea, and now I'm doing the same to you live on the show. That's fine. Yeah, no – Munster. No jury in the world will convict me. I'm allowed to change my mind. And or or deep look, I'm diving deeper. I'm just what Wilf does, he likes to have a deep dive. I'm just diving a little deeper right now, Joe, if you don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, look, it's only it's not that many years ago that the Rabbitohs and the Roosters met in the final game of the round, and somehow the Rabbitohs just caught fire that game and Cody Walker scored 203 points. If anyone's catching fire this game, it's the Roosters. I'm telling you, they're red hot. They're almost the team to beat other than, the, like, I think the Panthers, obviously, but we've got to bring our boys back. They're, they're on fire. So I think that's where, like, I legitimately think either Tedesco or Luttrell both could mm. be VC options as well. Especially, again, if you're running short and you've only got 17 active players, then it's a very yeah. easy loop. So yep. I wouldn't write it off. I definitely think, yeah, there's... You know, you might think it's a finals game intensity. And like I said, we only have to go back two years to when we thought it was going to be finals game intensity and the Rabbitohs scored 60. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very, very true. All right, guys, we're starting to go long and it's round 25. So let's just finish off with one Hail Mary pod pick to bring in. Hypothetically, if you had a trade, you know, I know trades are in the rearview mirror for the three of us. But is there a guy that you want to, uh, you know, rock up to the the craps table table with and, and hope you start rolling sevens, Wilf? Uh, so if you really, really want to, I know it's going to hurt because I'm picking against my own team and I've, I'm going to have that unwise glimmer of hope that they may turn up still. But Teltau Moga <laughs> has actually been the, the slowest winger in the history of uh, the NRL. Doesn't matter how slow you are when... Nah, but Lomax is looking good though, so I, I can get around that. Catch and fall merchant, all he needs to do is catch and fall over a couple of times. It's good digging into ancient history, but there was one Dragons winger in my year when I won that if someone had traded them in... They would have beat you? Oh, Jason Nightingale scored 163 in that final game of the round. I remember because, again, you know, I'm watching every single game and that guy. And stressing, did someone have him? He scored 163. I'm like, if someone traded him in, I'm stuffed. And it's burned into my brain. I've never forgotten that. So, look, Dragon. So, there's potentially a guy out there, a player. What you're saying is that House Husbands, is that the guy in second? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, House Husband, Michael, there's a player out there for you, brother. You've just got to dive. So deep. Okay. Jason Nightingale's not available for you anymore, but you can find him. <laughs> and I reckon I'm going to give you the guy. And I'm going to have to shout out one of our uh, uh, champs, one of our uh, our listeners, one of our uh, special crew, Alex. Uh, he shouted out uh, to me in a bit of a chat last week, Ikevalu, who got late pulled. But I think he could be a go this week against the Knights. Ooh. Well, God knows Ramian's not scoring the points um, and someone has to for the Sharkies. So that's not a bad call out at all, Tim. For me, I think of, of all the teams that are mentally on holidays, um, you know, they, they're passing me as I'm on my way back from Vanuatu. They're, they're on the plane, <laughs> you know, for Mad Monday is Manly. Obviously, the joke's about them not playing with any pride in the jersey or anything like that. 
I think this is a prime game for uh, someone like a Josh Addo car to put three or four on Manly because they will fold like a deck of cards uh, if, if the Bulldogs score early because they've just got nothing to play for and they're just not showing up. Yeah, look, I like that shout. I'm going to throw out a couple of others just because I can. Uh, Jordan Rappiner actually scored 160 plus against the Tigers. It's They've done it before. He just coming off 120 last week. You know, last game of the round, if, you know, we're talking Hail Marys, I definitely think he's worth a shout as well. You know, the Titans, if they turn up to play against the Warriors, Greg Marju easily, you know, he, we know he's a super coach beast. If he crashes over a Hattie, he's gone 120, 130 plus. Yeah, there's some names out there. It's going to be very dependent. Obviously, if you're in the reckoning and you're trying to chase down the leader, all you got to do is back your gut at the end of the day, do your research and have a punt. We've thrown a couple of names out at you, but yeah, obviously it's on you to make that right choice there. House Husbands, Michael, if you do pick a Cavalu and you come first, I'm going to expect at least 39 grand of that 40. Is that a fair, I'm not a mask guy. Is that a fair ask or? Yeah, something like that. But, uh, but otherwise, guys, plenty of strategy talk. I think, um, you know, we're not going to go through the teams this week because they are what they are at this point and we have kind of had a nod to it as we've been going through the pod as we get into our Swish Supercoach Star of the Week. If you are what you say you are, a superstar, then have no fear, the camera's here. So Swish for this week, uh, look, the top scorer was... Clint Gutherson. The second was AJ Brimson with 139. Shout out to us because we picked Brimson as a great end of season pod two, two, three weeks ago. And I, I feel like we mentioned every single week. So hopefully you listen at some point. Uh, so Brendan, actually the coach of Hunt for Red V October, he was one of two people who guessed Brimson and was the closest uh, prediction there. So he guessed Brimson at 131. The irony here, and he's taken a, a page out of your book there, Tim, he picked Brimson to top score, but he didn't trade him into his own team. He decided to go with Alex Johnston for some reason, the wrong AJ, basically. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that could be the difference between him making top, you know, top 48, which he is at now, and probably top 20 that he could have been had he gone with AJ. So unlucky, Brendan. But look, you, you get 50 bucks off to use at heyswish.com. Uh, actually, I've already given you the code, so good on you. Anyway, more importantly... Uh, we will have one last week. So round 25, we'll get one last $50 Swish voucher up for grabs. So yeah, keep an eye out for the tweet. All right, more importantly, our little competition, Tim, you have another run on the board and the outright oh, yeah. lead on 11. So Billy Kicks didn't quite hit 162. You were 60 points off with 102. Joe, you had a late entry of Latrell, who was 50 points lower than your prediction. Nico Hines let me down badly. He scored less than half of what I predicted. So yeah. Uh, so Tim, 11, I'm on 10, and Joe, you're on three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Tim, look, technically you have the chance to ice it this week. Look, Joe, let's let you pick first, Steve, because you are. Woo! Sympathy pick. Um, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and uh, back Josh Adokar to go huge against the spineless Manly team for 131. All right, I like that. I'm going to go next. I was going to think of backing my own pick, but I really don't want to of Tata Moga because I just like, the Broncos are going to hurt me enough this week already. So I would I don't want them to somehow do well and win and and let me down in the Swiss stakes. So I'm going to actually pick AJ Brimson. I'm going to go another back to back big score against the Warriors. They're in New Zealand, but Brimson he, he looks like he will enjoy it. I reckon he's going to score. 143. Before I pick mine, do you think there's any world where the Cowboys coach thinks that they can't make second and rest their players? They assume that the Sharks win. 
surely they they like he if, could he or that's just too defeating. You don't okay. No. All right, well, Todd Kenny okay. doesn't strike as that type. To this is a big cause, a grand final. I'm very competitive, and I want to win this. Of the Swiss stakes, I'm going to go, my boy, Drinky. All right, what's he scoring? Doesn't matter more than you. What did your guy score? What'd you pick? 143. 144. Of course. Of course. <laughs> right for the chocolates, but look, we do have to thank Swish uh, for changing the way fans interact with athletes. We've had a couple of. You know, I've seen a couple of videos from our Swish winners this year and they're just absolutely fantastic. Paul Surinan did a great shout out from one of our champs who, who you know, used their code. But yeah, over 200 NRL stars, including your likes of Nathan Cleary, Tommy Turbo, James Tedesco. 20% of all proceeds are donated between Starlight and Variety, who are both children's charities. Swish, they are the leading personalized videos platform in Australia. And it's a really simple process. Jump on heyswish.com, pick your athlete, enter your instructions on what it is for, who you want it to shout out to and all that type of stuff. The athlete records it, Swish sends the video to you and Bob's your uncle. Don't forget you can get uh, 10% off using the promo code CHAMP, C-H-A-M-P. But yeah, thanks Swish for their support this year. Obviously, we're hoping for a strong finish. And look, they're not just around during the rugby league season. They're here all year long. So definitely keep make sure you, you use them for other stuff too. But look, another key competition is our group competition, the Champions Group Comp, sponsored by Tyler Made. We stand for excellence in wall and floor tiles. We've got a 500 bucks up for grabs here for first place. And pole position for that is Ryan, the coach of the Chi Chi Mungers, and 13th overall. Now, not quite as large of a lead as uh, current overall first place has over the second place there, but there's a 115-point buffer for Ryan over second place, which is Jeff, the coach of Mind at Large. A new entry, I guess you could say, hasn't been cited on the leaderboard all season, but currently sitting pretty in 24th overall. So, yeah, look, Ryan currently pole position for our grand prize of 500 bucks for first and jeff is in second for which we've got that 200 dollars voucher to use on nrlshop.com but you know we've got a number of guys around that mark including our, our own champ uh, rod who's in 28th so really close he could come uh, he could win 500 bucks for being our champs only winner and also more basically so we do have to thank the team at tyler for their generosity donating our grand prize of 500 bucks Talamate is a family-owned and run business from Brisbane. They've got a team of tile specialists who pride themselves on their honest pricing with no hidden fees and premium customer service. They will take good care of you in person or you can buy online at www.talamate.com.au and they can deliver to anywhere in Australia if need be. So if you are thinking about any new tiles, tools or anything in between, get in touch with the team at Talamate and make sure you let them know that you've heard about them through the Supercoach Champions podcast. As I mentioned at the top, uh, it's the 200th episode of the Supercoach Champions. Wilf is the architect of it all. He's the mastermind behind this great content you get every week. The only one who's been here for every single one of them, Wilf. So I just wanted to throw to you, mate, and, and obviously, firstly, congrats. You know, I've only, I haven't been here for all 200, not by a long shot, but um, are there any kind of anything you want to reflect on as, as we hit this big master? Yeah, I'm just surprised we're still here, honestly. <laughs> I, I originally, I came up with the idea of the year after I won because I think I just felt I'd been through such a unique experience. I felt like I could share something and share that insight. And I thought anybody else who eventually got into a spot where they could win might benefit from some of the you know, the unique lessons you learn from being up the top. And I think, you know, Tim, you could speak to that, right? It's once you're in the reckoning, once you're there and you're there for a while, it's definitely very different to how you might play Supercoach normally from other ranks and, and things like that. So I just thought, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an area that, yeah, we hadn't really heard very much from in the past where 
former winners, you know, actually going deep into the strategy, the the rationale, the thinking of how they kind of got to the to that point and staying there. But uh, yeah, like I think obviously that's evolved over time. You know, I started off with Bear, the 2018 winner. So he's, you know, real life has just taken over for him, unfortunately, and he's not been able to be part of this journey this year, mostly. Uh, there was hopes at the start of the season he might still be able to to be around, but unfortunately, that's not played out. So yeah, it was it was a good good ride. Uh, it was fun uh, working with him at the start, and yeah, obviously he's welcome anytime. He's actually got the time to come in and chat with us. Obviously, still does play super coach, but not not as um as religiously as he may have been able to in the past. But yeah, I guess I'm just really really happy that we've gotten to this point. Really thankful people to find. What we do, um, interesting and, and enjoyable. Uh, it's been really a blast working for you two this year, and and all may continue. Obviously, we plan to keep going, uh, and and hopefully, people still enjoy that and still want to keep listening. Long live the kings! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, one of the best things for me, obviously, the podcast and the podcast listeners, and you know the great support we get from them. But but really, that support from the champs. Um, you know, it's a great little community on Discord. So if you are a patron, you know, it's 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 a few shekels a month, but it's it's more than worth it for the for the banter the advice and uh there's so many channels in our discord from from lawn maintenance through to through to television shows and and music and all different kinds of stuff other sports and and things like that it's a great little community wealth that you've built up over the the past few years so look it's 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 going to be one milestone amongst many many i'm sure as we go along but 200 is a big number so i wanted to make sure we really celebrated that let's make sure we get the win for um wilf's 200 game and make sure he runs through that plastic banner uh <laughs> to full effect yeah yeah I, I can just imagine i'm just gonna get stuck you know as as you do get stuck looking all embarrassed as someone has to help me through that plastic banner but i reckon i'd run into it and get knocked out like just by a flat piece of paper like it just flattened me yeah yeah look I think, you know, this is a probably a good time to finish up here. Um, it's been an absolute blast. I really do thank everyone for listening. Uh, we appreciate, obviously, all the support. The champs, definitely. Lots of fun. Uh, you know, we sounds like we've got a heap of champs from head-to-head leagues as well. We want to see our champs finish strong and hopefully get some top 10 finishes in there, if not at least top 20. But, yeah, I mean, from our perspective, if you're hitting PBs and, like, lots of champs are hitting PBs this year, I'm hoping. That's what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. Just getting better each season. So, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. And, yeah, we'll be back next week for a season recap and and uh, Wilf's going to make good on some bets and uh, we're going to make good on our chumps bets uh, to end the year. Talakai's just got to score 156 more points than Murray this week and he'll be sweet. So he's got to hope for Cam Murray to get rested and uh, Morgan Harper to suddenly play for the Knights? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Knights have Morgan Harpers of their own, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. But anyway, guys, we're going to sign off now. Uh, have a great round 25 and we'll see you to recap the season next week. Cheers, guys. Cheers.